Welcome to the First Century Youth Ministry Podcast. My name is Heather Kiros, and I'm the author and founder of First Century Youth Ministry. And if you want to learn about Jesus from his Jewish context and get better at discipleship in the 21st century, this podcast is for you. This podcast is a part of the Youth Cartel Podcast Network. All right. Hey, friends. Welcome back once more to the First Century Youth Ministry Podcast. And Chap Clark and I had an excellent discussion last week, and I wish I would have kept it going, but I know how we like to keep things short for y'all on your commute to work. And so we decided to bring him back for this week to continue to have another great discussion about the work that he's doing with Culture Pivot. And um, if y'all, well, I, it'd be interesting to see if your Notre Dame guys won as well. <laughs> I'm not sure, but uh, probably not. Probably but, not. You know. It's okay. It's fine. It's totally fine. So last week we talked about um, the virtual self and mosaic thinking versus linear thinking. And in your article, uh, you also talked about transactional relationships. And so what are transactional relationships? Can you unpack that for us? Yeah. A transaction is when um, uh, you go to the store and you're going to buy something at the store. And so you give them money or your credit card, or your parents' credit sure. card, or who wouldn't be found on the street. And, you, and then you take the thing home. And so you have, you have exchanged something mm-hmm. and you don't really have a relationship. What you do is you have this mutual need for the other. Wow. And, and so therefore um, it's, it's how commerce has gone on forever. It's how mm. people kind of, but in you know, this is really interesting with what you do with that first century thing is uh, commerce was was still mostly couched in relationship, family history, social hierarchy. And, and commerce was much more um, integrated to the whole community life. Sure. Um, and transaction shifted more and more and the more we became committed to thinking that what we call capitalism is Christian. Hmm. Capitalism is a form of, of just sophisticated um, transaction where the people that are better at it actually have a better quote, better life. And people that are not, that's just, that's because they don't work hard enough at it or they're sure. not as gifted or whatever. Sure. And the problem is, is, is life has become all, almost completely transactional. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's, and that's become much more apparent the last 20 or 30 years. Yeah. You but wrote a, young, go ahead. I was go just going to say, you actually wrote a lot about transactional relationships in your book, Hurt, Hurt, Hurt 2.0. I don't think I put it that way in those days though. Okay. 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 I, in fact, I know I didn't, I know I talked about how kids had to perform their way to yeah. a blessing thing and, sure. and they needed to figure out how to get people to notice them, those things. But it was, I hadn't put it together in terms of, wait a minute, all of their life now mm-hmm. is a transaction. Mm-hmm. And when your life is about a transaction. You got to figure out what do I have to give to somebody so that I can get what I want and what I need. Wow. And it's now been so, uh, I use the word codified, not a lot of people use that word. Let me see. <laughs> um, it's now been so ingrained and forced on all of us yeah. that it's simply the life. In fact, for a lot of Christians, mm-hmm. especially in the U.S., it's like if you if you're against capitalism or and it's transactionalism is what it is. Sure. Then somehow you're 
if you're if you're not for that 100 percent, then somehow you can't be a christian hmm. when it, and and even i i want to invite all of you guys who listen to this is start wading through the rhetoric of capitalism versus socialism and kind of and then read the sermon on the mount and read hmm. read what the new testament says about how to treat people and hmm. the theology of who god calls to be the prophets it, i mean what's going on in first century judaism hmm. and it's it's really not about transaction. It's about God loves us. So therefore we need to be a conduit of his love to others. Sure. Yeah. Well, that's opposite of transactional. That's right. Yeah. Without expecting anything from them. Right. So that we are, we don't allow our political systems or our political agendas or ideas to infiltrate how we love and care for one another in the church. I mean, that's what I hear you saying as you're challenging people to step away from this capitalistic thinking that, you know, we, whatever you choose to believe that is best for the economic system, that's great. But let's set that aside and let's think about loving a teenager and not allow this transactional type of thinking to bleed into our youth ministries and how we love kids, right? Yeah, can I give an example of this in youth ministry? Um, is how many times I've heard of people talking about when I kind of, I'm doing youth ministry thing somewhere and and we'll get talking. How do you communicate? Well, everybody likes texting. Nobody likes calls because you're, yeah. you're, yeah, I know. I love you shaking your head. <laughs> Jesus invented the telephone for a reason. Okay. That's right. Amen. <laughs> and, um, but when do we actually text kids and what do we actually text kids? Hmm. And usually it's. Hey, are you, are you coming to youth group? Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Where were you the last couple of weeks? Yeah. And, and boy, all my friends, and you can name them, Doug, Fields, Duffy, Robbins, Marco, and you go down the list. Um, they know that I hate the word challenge hmm. because I think it's verbal pointing. So when we challenge kids, if we challenge a kid on a text, what we're doing is we're saying to them, you've disappointed me. You wow. violated our transactional relationship. Your job is to please me, kid. Your job is to hmm. show up. Your job is to sit down, your mm-hmm. job is to enjoy it, your job is to smile afterwards, and we're going to get along great, and you're going to be sure. a superstar. You're going to love Jesus. Awesome. Wow. wow. That's transactional. A, a relationship says, you know what I thought about you today? Mm-hmm. I had to tell the Lord how grateful I am that you're in my life. Wow. Really appreciate you. You're great. Have a wonderful day. Yeah, that's beautiful. Because that's really, yeah. It has nothing to do with whether they show up or not. Sure. We talked about this in a few podcast episodes ago, Mark and I did about, you know, the difference between the religious elite of Jesus's day and the Sadducees, the Pharisees, and um, how they didn't uh, essentially let the people of the land, um, Amharetz in the Hebrew, be a part of the kingdom of God because they weren't religiously pure. They didn't make enough money, et cetera, et cetera. And Jesus comes onto the scene and pretty much flips everything on its head and says, hey, people of the land. I'm going to make all my parables about you and you all are going to be the star of the show. And you're all invited to be part of the kingdom and to be participants in the great thing that God is doing. Not because you've done the right things, not because you've made the transaction, so to speak, but because you are who you are. And I want you part of the kingdom because you're a child of God. I mean, right. That's, that's what I hear you saying is that. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. It's clear to all of us in our heads, but we've all been so infiltrated with this. I got to figure out how to keep keep moving forward, mm-hmm. getting people to like me and using my power and ability to do that somehow. Yeah. That's really 
uh, a transactional yeah. world. Right. No, I think you're right. I think I've, I've been guilty of that, of texting kids like, hey, we missed you last night. But really, it was about why well, I wanted you there because, you know, I did miss them. I do want them to grow in their faith. But part of me just wants them to be there because maybe it's one more seat in the chair that I get to say, oh, I have a, a pretty big youth group. Right. And we have to constantly watch and check our heart. And I think you've given us some great words to say to a kid that would just help them know that they're loved. Like, hey, I love you for who you are. You're great. You're a child of God. Yeah, what what those are beautiful words. I think every leader could benefit from adding those to their vocabulary. So in the article, you quoted Dr. Henry Nowen as writing, uh, in a modern society, we have developed our identity according to three criteria. I am what I do. I am what power and control I have. And I am what others say about me. He rightly points out that by defining ourselves according to these external voices, we will ultimately find ourselves depressed and broken. So how do, can we as adults help students find their identity in Christ, not in what they do or other people's opinions of them? Um, let me first say that this uh, this comes out of Henry's book, In the Name of Jesus, which is just incredible. Henry J.M. Nowen, N-O-U-W-E-N. Mm-hmm. And that book is worth all of you to read every six months. Read it slowly. It's incredibly powerful. Okay. Uh, the, what Henry's pointing out, and this is in the late 80s, yeah. um, the, this, I am what I do, how I perform. I am what, um, what I control or power over, then I can feel like I, I, I'm in charge of the transaction. Mm-hmm. And I am what others say about me mm. is if people like me, I want so badly for people to affirm that I'm worthy of being yeah. noticed. Right. Um, so if you put all those three things together, it's all about me sensing I am alone on an island and and I, I don't I can't consistently do enough, be enough, show enough that I'm worthy of somebody's attention. So I've got to find ways to do that. And most kids just mm-hmm. are not very good at that. Yeah. And that's why there's so much depression, and anxiety now more than ever that and kind of an unnatural way of looking at it. So mm-hmm. what do we do? How do we help them? Yeah. Is we build bridges of safety and trust. Mm-hmm. That's our job. Yeah. It is not our job to convert kids. Even in the end of Matthew, build disciples, you know, make disciples. The process ultimately of making disciples is the spirit's job. Mm-hmm. Our, our role is to be in the game of participating in the kingdom. You even put, you've talked about that a minute ago. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, in the, God is in the business of drawing followers to himself as he redeems the world. Yep. And he invites us to participate in that beautiful thing. So what does that mean for us? Our role is not to convince them, to challenge them, to force them. Hmm. Our role is to be uh, the, the expressions of the beauty of God's kingdom hmm. come to them, for them, and to for all of creation. Sure. Uh, that's what he means by Jesus saying that you're the light of the world and the salt here. So how do we, how do we be light and salt to kids? Mm-hmm. Three things that are very simple. Every youth worker needs to train every new youth worker, every parent, every pastor, every greeter. Ooh, don't you hate greeters? I love greeters. They sign up for it, but God, give me a break. They can be awkward at times. They're like, Hey, it's kind of like hey. going to the bank. And say, how's your day going? You know, you don't yeah. know me. I know. You know it's weird. Yeah. What do you do? Three things. Use their name. Yes. Um, look them in the eye. Mm-hmm. 
and say something about them that affirms who they are. Yes. Every single kid at every encounter needs to have somebody that looks them in the eye, says their name, says something affirming. Um, If you can't think of anything affirming, something like, wow, two weeks in a row, I've gotten to see you here at the mall. That is pretty fun. Wow, that's great. Well, they may be robbing people, but you know, whatever they're doing, running around, screaming, and throwing stuff. At least you saw them twice. That's right. You got to see them. You got to see their presence. That's really good. You know, one in the eye that makes a and username. Oh my god. Yeah. One thing that I do, um, I teach junior high Sunday school at my church, and one thing that I do before every class is I pray and thank God for each student in the room. And thank them for their presence. Because I think sometimes kids come to church and they're like, nobody saw me today. And I don't want that to ever happen. So I always make it a point to pray, thanking God for Jillian and Adelie and Zach. And you know what I mean? Like down all around the room. And then at the end of Sunday school, I always look them all in the eye and I say, you're loved by God. You have value and purpose. And we're so thankful you're part of this church. And I'm so thankful that uh, I get to be part of your life. And then, you know, and that this is a simple way of just, I, I think, I think that's better than maybe what I I could be saying of like, Hey, well, I hope you guys come back next week and I hope you come to youth group tomorrow. Right. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And you know, um, in youth ministry, and this has been part of the youth ministry DNA for a long, long time, we're not even aware of it is we tend to do better with the kids that we align with the closest. Sure. Um, in fact, just about every leader needs to be trained in this is that the kids that you like are the kids that you would have liked in high school or junior hmm. high. Interesting. And the ones you're intimidated by are the ones you would have been intimidated by in junior high. They could be eighth grade and you still kind of like, they like me. And, and, and the kids you really don't like were the dorks you had, you tried to stay away from when you were in high school or junior high. And hmm. you don't even think of sure. So the kids that you you talk, you can bless them as a group and prayer is great. I love what you were saying about yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But when it gets down to personal deal or you're giving an illustration or you're calling them out or whatever, yeah. What we do is we prefer certain kids over others hmm. instead of making sure every one of them knows no, we're going to rise above that as adults. Yeah. We're going to make sure that we have a special, unique a bridge of blessing and yeah. encouragement. One. That's good. That's good. So, so then how can we as youth leaders respond differently without within these transactional relationships so that, you know, we're loving teens without expecting something in return. I mean, you gave us some great ideas with, you know, some of the things that we could say to them, but is there anything else that well, you could encourage us to do? Well, build our youth ministry is not about programs. Jim Burns wrote that in a book called the youth builder in 86. Yes. I mean, oh my gosh. <laughs> paper in 86. <laughs> Uh, but Jim wrote that in 86 and then me and a bunch of other people wrote about that kind of stuff Yes, is program. Youth ministry is not about what you do. It's not programs. The programs are a tool to be able to, to, to love kids. And so I've been writing for a while more now than ever is our job is creating the environment Mm -hmm. where a kid can be safer to explore who they are and who Christ Mm -hmm. is in, in a safe community. And our job is to, is to make sure that we are realizing that our work is making sure kids know they have a place, they have a community mm. that love them, does care for them without reservations. And that takes, that's the hard work of youth ministry because 
you know, 30 years ago, we talked about relational ministry. Most people knew that intuitively. It's the hallmark of my hmm. own history as Young Life way back is it's not the Young Life Club. It's the hanging out at the JV volleyball game, which is not that fun without your phone. There you go. When you have your phone, you can text everybody and ignore sure. the game. But sure. You go there and actually sit and talk to kids for 15 minutes in the stands. Mm-hmm. Oh, gosh. Yeah, right. Nobody... Yeah. But that's that's youth ministry, guys. Yes. It's not. Yeah, you're it's right. It's not building some kind of program. Yeah, um, that's right. I wrote about this in my book. Like, that's the whole premise of my book is youth ministry is should be about learning and doing life together. I mean, that's what we see alive and active in the life of Jesus and his culture that surrounded him was they did life together. It wasn't about a program. It was about a way of life. And so again, great words, getting back, uh, getting back to doing life together is so key. And so to kind of wrap up the conversation for today, um, in your article, I love this. You wrote, um, the best thing we can do before our tips and techniques and strategies is to exude welcome. Belonging is a powerful gift in a world where so many feel so alone for a young person to know they are loved as they are because they are is the central calling of a caring adult. So how can we let a teenager know they are loved simply because they are? It really starts with our hearts. Mm -hmm. And it's when we gather, if we do pray before the event or the small group or the whatever's leaders, if we do pray, usually we're too frantic to do another stuff. Mm -hmm. We pray, oh, may the logistics go well. May kids be quiet for the talk. May they all show up. Mm -hmm. Instead of... uh, Lord, give us your heart yeah. for each kid. That's right. It's the sensitivity and the tenderness to know mm. that our meeting starts when the first kid shows up and it's not done to the last one goes to sleep. Mm. Not when they leave, it's when they go to sleep. They may get that text saying, thanks for the conversation tonight. That was a cool little three minutes at the end of the deal. Sure, sure. Um, and if our hearts are soft and our hearts are looking at in the kids' lives and not being oppressive or inappropriate, but just caring. Mm-hmm. That is what we the whole church has to be about that yeah. we've lost. That's right. what our goal of ministry is yeah. to make sure they know we our hearts are there for them and not yeah. for us. I love it. Dr. Clark, this has been such a great conversation that I feel like I could listen to three or four times. And I'm praying that others listen to three or four times because if we get this, if we can make this pivot man, we could really change the lives of teenagers and really start to see fruitfulness and transparency and authenticity start to spring forth from a place where kids, a lot of the times just feel more lonely because they don't really know if people know them or want to know them. And if we can help a kid know that we want to know them because of the fact that they just are, then we can be a safe place for them to be their most authentic selves in Christ. Don't forget that all of them are lonely. All of them on the inside are on the run. Everyone. Yeah. Sure. Uh, don't be fooled by the app. Yeah, you're right. You're absolutely right. Yeah, I had a kiddo just last week. Well, a few of them, you know, tell me that they felt really lonely as we were kind of talking through the the message that was given. And, and the Lord was kind of working on some kids' hearts. I had a few say, I'm just, I feel lonely. I don't feel like I belong. And um, it's a tough, it's a tough road for teenagers because of the virtual self, because of the mosaic thinking, because of what we've talked about here in the last couple of episodes. So friends, if you want to get connected with 
Dr. Clark, definitely go to chapclark.com. He's got some fun things that he's working on in the mix. And uh, I'm excited to see what God's going to do in his life as he continues to use him to encourage the future of youth ministry. And so, um, Dr. Clark, anything else you'd like to add? Yes, about thank how- you, Heather. Love what yeah. you're doing. Keep thank at you. it. And this is very, very fun to be with all of you. Thank Sounds you. great. Okay. Thanks, friends, for joining us. And maybe we can get Dr. Clark to join us in Israel next year. Who knows? Maybe. Who knows? <laughs> Who knows? Who knows what the Lord will do? That's right. All right. Hey, go uh, Irish. All right. Everybody have a great day and uh, <laughs> we'll talk to you later. Thanks for joining us on this episode and we'll see you next time. Bye-bye.